And so quick was he at unsheathing his sword that among his men he'd earned the nickname Sword in Hand. Sire, your son, Gallienus, is in Antioch, he said. With forced marches he could be here in five days with four legions. Why run this risk now? We can't be certain of that, replied the emperor. There are Persian cavalry units all along the Antioch road intent on cutting off our lines of communication. No. I will meet Shapur. The fact that he requested this meeting bodes well. He turned to Metellus. What is your opinion, Marcus Metellus? Don't go, Caesar. It smells like a trap. No, I've taken every precaution. We'll meet on open terrain, neutral ground. Last night fifty of our men were dispatched to the right bank of the river Cassotes, an equal escort of fifty Persian horsemen is posted on the other bank of the river. Nothing can happen, and in any case I don't want Shapur to think the Emperor of the Romans is afraid of him. You'll come with me, and Lucius Domitius will stay here in the city. Right, then, let's go. Clelia had put Titus back to bed, and was heading towards the house's upper terrace, when she suddenly heard a noise. Then she heard it again. She listened intently. It seemed to be coming from the cellar. But what could it be? She took a candle, lit it with the lamp flame, and started downstairs. Who's there? She heard shuffling sounds, coming from behind an iron-clad door. This door, she knew, closed off the old drainage pipes that led outside the city. She heard more noises, drew the bolt, pulled open the door, and screamed. Before her was a man, half-naked and covered in blood. He fell to the ground with a moan. Clelia realized the poor wretch was dying. Who are you? she said. He tried to speak. We've been betrayed. They took us by surprise, slaughtered us, warned the emperor. He must not go. It's a trap. It's... His head dropped forward as life left him. Instantly, Clelia understood what must have happened, and also what was about to happen. She ran up the stairs and out into the street. The small imperial procession moved through the rocky landscape toward the Cassotes River, where their own escort awaited to shepherd them to the other side. But when they were less than a hundred feet away, Metellus was struck by something strange. His face darkened. He turned to Balbus. White legs. Commander? Look for yourself. Until yesterday those soldiers were wearing trousers. They're Persians, not Romans. But where are our men, then? All dead, probably. Quickly, warn the Emperor, we can still get out of this. I'll try to send a signal to Lucius Domitius. Metellus turned his shield towards the sun, and began to flash it in the direction of the city walls. Domitius, who'd been anxiously watching the little contingent, started as he saw the signals. "'It's a trap!' he shouted. "'An ambush! Sound the alarm! Quick! Open the gate! Send out the cavalry!' The trumpet sounded. The legionaries at the gate pushed it open. But then Cassius Silva, at the head of a squad of Praetorians, appeared suddenly. "'Stop! 
Are you mad? Who ordered this action?' "'I did!' shouted Domitius from the battlements. "'The Emperor's marching into a trap! "'I'm in charge of this fortress. "'There's no reason to believe the Emperor's in any danger. "'Close the gate!' Domitius rushed down the steps. "'What are you saying? This is treason!' Silver turned to his Praetorians. "'The legate is under arrest for insubordination. Seize him. "'And you men, close these gates.' When Clelia arrived, panting, the soldiers had already begun to pull the heavy gate shut. Her heart sank. Her husband was out there. She looked around and saw a stable-boy leading a horse by the reins. She gave the boy a hard shove, leapt onto the horse, and spurred it between the still-closing gates. The Emperor and his sham escort were close to the river now. As soon as they're all on the other side, said Metellus,